Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. The usual driver of this show, Eric Goodman, is taking a few days off for his honeymoon. And congratulations to newlyweds Mandy and Eric. I think you join in that, Justin. That's right, I do. I do. I'm Terry Fry, and I'm with Justin Adams, both today and next Tuesday. And Justin, of course, is a local local guy from uh, Denver CBS4. You can watch us on uh, milehighsports.com and reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Twitter Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry and at Justin Adams TV. And is it important? Some is it a value to be from Denver in when do TV work in Denver? It, it because does, so many yeah. people. I mean, I'm not knocking them, but so many people in Denver television are from somewhere else, it, and I'm from somewhere else, so I'm not knocking them. No, no, but but it helps to be able to tell the story of what it means, especially now more so in television of what Denver means to you. So like, for example, to see the Colorado Avalanche, that was my first parade that I was yeah. ever at before. Like first ever championship parade. You I didn't remember, go to Broncos parades? It's hilarious. Three straight years we have parade. My fifth, sixth, and seventh grade year. Avalanche won in 96. Broncos won in 97 and 98. Didn't go to either one. And I tried hard, and I mean hard, to go to these parades because I really wanted to go. And my parents were like, no, <laughs> you're going to school. They thought I just wanted to ditch and just, you know, get out of class. And I was like, no, I, I really want to be here. So to be able to be at your first parade, that meant a lot. So to mm-hmm. be able to talk about that, to be able to know Five Points, Montbello, like all these other different areas and the context as well, it means a lot that you are from here. Now, what's interesting, though, is when you're from somewhere else coming to a different state or a different town, you generally go to different places that you normally wouldn't go if it was somebody who was from home. So, uh-huh. for example, I didn't go to a lot of places at Park Hill at first because I was a Montbello kid. So <laughs> I really, I was like, it's kind of like, yeah, I was like, like me in Lakewood. Yeah, it's like who was the like? I didn't freak with that because I just didn't go there as a native. Like that yeah. just wasn't the place where I went to. Now I start to go there a little bit more, and I'm like, this place is awesome, you know. So it's just one of the things that that's that's. The, the great things about being from from Denver and the benefits, even when you're from uh, from out of state. I always get angry whenever I hear television people or radio people say Arveda. <laughs> oh, Louisville? What's <laughs> Louisville? <laughs> and some of us even remember when the Colorado Rockies was a hockey team. Right. Somebody asked me that question, by the way. They, were, they had this big, um, so he covered the parade uh, and rally, and, and someone came out with this big trivia book, and they were like, Wait, do you know everything about the Avalanche? And I was like, yeah, some native, dude. Like, I know a, a good amount. And they were like, well, what was the, well, the hockey team's first name? And I was like, are you talking about the Quebec Nordiques? Are you talking about the Avs? Like, what are you talking about? No, the first hockey professional team here. I was like, the Rockies. Okay, well. Where, what, what team, where did they first go to? First NHL team. Yeah, first yeah. NHL team. And they were like, well, where did they go from there? And I was like, well, they went to New Jersey. To the Browner Pastures of New Jersey. That's right, because everyone wants to leave Colorado and be stuck in New Jersey. And we were told, by the way, that New Jersey never would have an unsold ticket for NHL games. It turned out to be a real... But, it's pretty much a desert You know what? Hockey. I, I want to ask you that. And I know, I know we're, we have a different segment, uh, and we want to talk about the abs and their questions and everything. But quickly, like, 
You covered that team. Yeah, I did for five of their six years. What happened? You know, the tickets were so expensive, Justin. They were the top ticket was fourteen dollars. <laughs> so they you know that ruffled a lot of feathers. Right. <laughs> uh, simply it was they went through three ownerships. Everything was in state unstable. Uh, there were some great players that came through, but they were all traded for each other, seemingly. Larry oh. Lanny McDonald, Barry Beck, Wolf Paymont, guys like that. They came through and were traded. And it was it was just an unstable situation. The fans, the, the fans who went were great. There's still Rockies fans out there who can recite can, can recite rosters from various years. It was just everything was a perfect storm, and the perfect storm was negative, with all the ownerships being so unstable. We had three different ownerships, and it was it was just a very very unstable situation where nobody could ever really get behind them, and they didn't win. They made the playoffs once played two games uh, and were eliminated in a miniseries, and that was it. <laughs> that was <laughs> a two-game two playoff history in six years in Denver. That's probably the most That's probably the most telling answer I can give. But this hockey team, how's this for a segue? Yeah. This hockey team, which came from Quebec, uh, is a little more successful, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. So what did they have to do? We saw the remnants of the celebration. We saw... Uh, I thought the interesting thing about yesterday was how uncharacteristic it was if you abide, go by the public image of the players, of the hockey players being so careful not to be controversial, not to say anything, chalk everything up to the team. It's all the team. Yeah. And then yesterday they let their hair down. It was so uncharacteristic. <laughs> it really was. It was jarring. Yeah. But, so, but what do they have to do? We all know they have, they have a bunch of unrestricted free agents coming up. They have a couple of restricted free agents in Obey Kubel. And Lekkonen. Uh So, what do they have to do to try to be back and repeat next year? And the first question I think is goaltending. Do you what do you do with Darcy Kemper? He's a he's an unrestricted free agent. He's making decent money. He's not way in the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. So, the issue is: Do you continue? Do you give him a good deal, a big deal, coming off unrestricted free agency, or do you go with Pavel Francouz? And and or a cheap a cheaper alternative. I don't think you could go with a big deal at all because but don't, don't you think they prove that they can win with mediocre goaltending? Well, they can, but what's the, what was the reason why though? I mean, you looked at the third period of Game Six. What was the reason? It's because their defense was so good, yeah. their speed was so great. The question is: is are you going to go and sign a really good goaltender, or are you going to put your money and bet or pretty trade. much the farm? Yeah, and bet the farm on that you will have the same type of guys, for the most part, be able to have that great puck control that you did in the Stanley Cup Final. The free agent goalies out there aren't real, aren't real, uh, aren't real uh, shocking for you to see that list and go, you go, wow, look at that. Marc-Andre Fleury has seen his better days. Yes. Jack Campbell in, in Toronto, they'll probably bring him back. He's only mm-hmm. making like $900,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, Villa Huso from... Uh, the, from the blues. I have a big so, yeah. so I think I think the the route of unrestricted free agency to get a replacement for Darcy Camper probably isn't viable. I think they'll end up going with Francois. But the other idea is they do kind of now it changed the picture a little bit when we heard that that Camper was playing with an eye that required him going to the optometrist twice a day during the playoffs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to retrain himself how to spot the puck and follow it. Right. To retrain his eye, essentially. And that that showed me something. It did. It, it also made me more... 
Jared Bednar did a terrific job, so oh, it's impossible goodness. to second guess him. Yes, you can only praise him. He's, he's probably he's the best coach in NHL history in Denver, no question about it. Right. But I'm sitting here wondering, he put a guy out there knowing he's going to the optometrist <laughs> twice a day to retrain his eye. Is that the guy you want to entrust? Well, you got to figure it out somehow, right? Um, I, I I think that was you know it. Look, the reality is this, is that... I'm sort of making fun of the concept because no, it's, it's like farcical. No, well, it's like Mike Shanahan and Terrell Davis, it's, right? It's like, it's, yeah, where you Remember just that? get out there. Yeah, just get out there. You, get out I there. can't see. Don't worry. <laughs> just go to your left. You don't need to but see. Can you do that with a goaltender? Yeah. Hey, Darcy, you don't need to Here see. Here comes the puck, Here comes Darcy. the puck. It'll knock you in the face. Don't worry about it, right? Well, uh, one of the things I said yesterday was, I've covered a lot of bad hockey teams, too. Yes. And uh, Hardy Astrum was kind of the pinnacle of bad hockey goaltending for the Colorado Rockies. But what you remember is when they let in bad goals, you see the defensemen, um, were, you see the defensemen kind of stick their head up in the air and kind of roll their eyes. Yes. You didn't see that with Darcy Kemper when he gave up a bad goal because the players understood he was operating at somewhat of a handicap. Yeah. They liked the guy. I don't know how much faith they had him had in him in the in the sense that they knew he was having physical problems. But uh, I, I, there may be a way to bring him back, but the question is at, at what cost. Well, Philip he did. Grubauer wanted a, wanted a big deal and a term deal, yeah. so he didn't come back. Well, that's, that's too bad for Philip Grubauer because he got stuck in Seattle and uh, <laughs> he was watching the Stanley Cup final. Um, but here's the thing about the Avs right now. There's several different things. It, Pavel Frensos, you could go with him, but my issue is he was injured. He was out last year. But he had the, the dual hip surgery that took yeah, care I, of the problem. I, I get it. But again, that's somebody having surgery in order to take care of a problem, right? And dual, both hips being taken care of, right? So I look at him for the whole year. Can he be able to sustain a full season and then 20 games or so in the postseason? Can he be that guy for that? Um, long, long and short of it, if this postseason has, has taught us anything about the Avalanche, despite the, the type of talent that they had, they needed everybody, and I mean everybody on that roster, to play at one point or another to be able to win. They're going to need to do the same thing this year or next year as well. And, if I may add, they have a shortened offseason, too. Oh, yeah. It's not like the normal offseason that you have. I, I mean, it's a very, very shortened offseason before free agency, and then you look up. I mean, Broncos get training camp started in, in, in July. We're talking two months from now, and the Avalanche are right back on the ice again playing, so that's not a lot, not, not a lot of time to rest up. The most prominent member of that UFA group, uh, other than that, is Nazem Kadri. Yes. And he said on Toronto radio that he's already he had gotten an indication from the Cronkies. They want him back. He wants to come back. But then he also said, you know, but it's also a business. At some point, you, and I'm paraphrasing now, you, you put on the business hat and start to negotiate that way. Uh, I think it's almost a 50-50 chance that he comes back. And it it, it might be term that, again, is under discussion, not just money. So I I think they will either have Burakovsky or Kadri come back, not yeah. both. Not yeah. both. Not both. Not both. But you know what? I would take Burakovsky. I would take Valinsky if he could get him back. Um, I mean, I love, love, love Nazem Kadri, but again, there's the, there's the age difference between him and Valinsky. Uh, one's 27, one, another one's 31, so that's a big difference uh, right there. Burakovsky, the Kemper, Kadri, Manson, Nick, yeah. Nick, Nick Matushkin, Cogliano, Helm, Jack Johnson, Nico Sturm, and Ryan Murray are the unrestricted free agents. And some of it is you're not necessarily trying to sign your best guys. You're, si 
if you're signing the Jack Johnson made $750,000 mm-hmm. this year. So he can be, he can be the seventh defenseman sure he or can. the sixth defenseman on the ice yeah. for a, for a bargain deal. So you're kind of looking for that too. Right. And this all involves Nathan McKinnon's upcoming extension after the upcoming season, but they can negotiate an extension starting now. Can I give you another one too? Yeah. And I was just doing my research on this, but how about Bowen Byram? How do you like him? Well, he's, he's under contract. Right. What about extending him right now, too? They could. You could extend him low, be able to save yourself some money. I, I don't know exactly when they could do that, though. From, from, from this article that I'm reading here and uh, NBC Sports. They, they extended McCarr. So, yeah. And he's two, he's a two years ahead of Byron. So, so they say, <coughs> excuse me, um, <clears throat> they're saying that you could extend Bowen Byram now. So in t- uh, twenty two twenty three, you could do that. The other issue with him, yeah, in twenty two twenty three, the other issue with him is his concussion I, issues. Well, uh, that's kind of part of the game, though. Where you look and say, how can we be able to save some money? Right, you're going to sign Nathan McKinnon to a large deal, right? Yeah, ten eleven. Brandon is making ten million dollars, so you imagine he's going to at least want that. Lennon Scott got paid last year. Renton got paid the year before, right? I mean, or two years before. Um, your big boppers to make a lot of money. Kel McCarr got paid. I think that for Joe Sackett, in order to be to continue the winning ways and to continue to stack up on talent like you did this year, being proactive and signing a guy like Bowen Byron to a long term deal now rather than rating could be something that can help. You know, the other, they also signed Curtis McDermott, their enforcer, who did not play a game in the playoffs, but was around during the regular season and was a handy presence, shall we say, mm-hmm. an intimidating presence. But now. Now, uh, Boogie Cousins is out of a job, it I looks know, like. Buddy. So I think the Avalanche should sign him as a as a supplemental as a supplemental enforcer. So we're you know the 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 Nuggets have made what seventeen deals in the last three days. We're gonna go over those and we're gonna go over those in a bit and see what Justin and I will think about them. We'll be back after this. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. Eric Goodman is taking a few days off for his honeymoon, and I am with, I'm Terry Fry, and I am with Justin Adams. We'll be here next Tuesday also, and then on Wednesday when Eric is still gone, I'll be filling in with with Doug Ottawa. So I'm looking forward to next week, and Justin, we're going to throw a big party here. On I just decided we're going to throw a big July 4th party here in the studio. I need as many parties as we can get. And we will have, what, one, two days to clean up before Eric comes back? Ah, you know what? Let's leave him a little mess. He'll be okay, man. He'll, he'll still be on the high of, you know, honeymooning and everything, so he wouldn't mind a little mess. Well, the Calvin Booth era at the Nuggets has been very active. Yeah. It's kind of hard to figure out if 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 uh, Tim Conley would have made those moves or or whether this is well, directly the imprint of Calvin Booth. Uh, but on Wednesday, have you been following all this stuff? Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, the Nuggets were sent, 
were, were uh, discovered to be sending Monte Morris and Will Barton to the Wizards for Contavious Caldwell Pope and Ish Smith. I think Ish Smith was now with his 13th team. Yeah. And then on Thursday, the Nuggets, the news broke that the Nuggets are signing backup center DeAndre Jordan to a one-year contract. Don't understand that. Well, he's, what, 46 years old? Dude, something he like is that. 15 years in the NBA, man, and whatever. Go ahead. And, and then today, Bruce Brown has agreed to a two-year deal with the Nuggets worth more than $13 million. Malika Andrews of ESPN put that story out mm-hmm. there, and it was quickly confirmed in the I guess it can happen to ESPN too. Right, right, right. right. Their reports get confirmed. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Quote, quote, confirmed. (laughs) So let's go backwards first. Bruce Brown's, I think, is a good signing. Oh, great signing. That's a great signing. You need as many wings. Actually, I wanted to say the Nuggets stole a player away from Brooklyn, but uh, (laughs) not not that one. No, not not that one. Well, if, if it was KD, man, we would all be happy about it. But look, the reality is the Nuggets, they needed another wing defender. They got one in Bruce, uh, Bruce Brown and, um, a guy who could shoot the three as well, cut to the hole. Um, and you know what? He's half the cost of Gary Harris, who's a guy who been with the Nuggets before and would have been one of the people to to look at a free agency. Half the cost. You get somebody on a two-year deal. Uh, Brown has a player option as well. But he's going to work very well for a Nuggets team that really struggled to guard the perimeter. He made himself a lot of money, I think, with his showing against the Celtics. He looked really good. Oh, yeah, good. he really did look good. Really did, yeah. Even though, even though, you know, Nets were swept, but. It is what it is. He's only 6'4", so that raises a little bit of eyebrows, depending yeah. on the perimeter. Yeah, but, but I mean, what, what are you looking at him for? You're looking at him to be able to guard the guards. <laughs> I love what Austin Rivers said. Um, in the um, That was like an Instagram video that he had. and He talked about, look, the successful teams can guard the guards. Look at the Golden State Warriors. Even look at the Boston Celtics. What were those two teams able to do? Guard the guards. And if you're not able to do so, you can't win in the postseason. Well, he's a screen and roll guy, too. So I was thinking about, is this Carl Malone? <laughs> yeah, it could be. So, so then uh, yesterday, the Nug- DeAndre Jordan was signed. Now, uh, I don't know if he's any better than DeMarcus Cousins at this point in their careers. No, 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 no. Cousins no. Even, is even is younger, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Jordan. That, Jordan, was yeah. A great, Jordan was a good player a long time ago. When? Good player for who? The Clippers? A while ago. What do we mean by great, by the way? I mean, he was sufficient. He was sufficient. He was a competent backup center. Ever talking college football, he's like the Independence Bowl, okay? He's sufficient. You'll be okay with the bowl game. So why'd they sign him? Well, because you needed somebody else on the roster. Uh, look, the, the reality is, is I don't know what was happening with Boogie Cousins for to be able to sign him to a long-term deal to be the guy off the bench. I mean, the bench did change dramatically. We never did Boogie find had. out. We never did find out how it would have worked with Boogie on the floor with Jokic more. No, and that would have been fun to see that, right? Have a two twin towers like that. But I will say this is that DeAndre Ayton is an insurance piece for whatever happens. I mean, the Nuggets right now, they currently don't have, or they didn't have a rim protector. You could make the argument that DeAndre uh, Jordan is your uh, rim protector. And so you go from there and see what happens. They were trying to trade Will Barton for quite a while. They got it done. Monte Morris is part of that trade. Monte Morris is a was a good. Oh man, was so a good. good. Was a so good, good. Oh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't go so. so you, I, I would just say good. You're saying he's Independence he, Bowl he, too. He was, yeah. Texas Bowl baby. You say that? <laughs> Not the pre meal bowl games, Dur- huh? Doritos Bowl. <laughs> there you go, my man. But I think he he played 
well enough here, but I don't think he was going to be the long-term answer at point guard either. Well, you had to make a decision between Monte Morris and Bones Highland. And so, I, I, look, you could ask the question. Did you have say, them both? No, no. You had to make a decision there. And you have to ask who had the bigger ceiling. Do you go with somebody who's oh, younger? Bones Highland does. Yeah, okay. Well, you know what? You said it very quickly. There it is. If Bones Highland has the higher ceiling, then you go with that guy. And even though Monte Morris is more consistent, you know what you're going to get from him. Um, you put your trust in a, you know, a guy who's off the bench and, uh, you know, your late first round pick from a year ago, going to the second year, and you hope that he's able to uh, take over the offense and do very well and be a scorer too. They're going to need his scoring off the bench. And Tim Conley's affinity. For Will Barton was kind of mystifying at times. It was. I mean, especially the last couple of years. Um, you know, but it is what it is. And Will Barton this year had a chance with MPJ being out for the majority of the season and Jamal Murray being out for all the season uh, to be that guy, to be that number two scorer, to be that dominant scorer, right? Mm -hmm. Just didn't happen to be so this year. And, and you go back to the playoffs. No one looked and said, oh, Will Barton is the reason why this team is winning. It was all about, hey, we know what we get from Jokic. Who's the number two with those two guys out? Oh, Aaron Gordon. He needs to step up. And in games three and four or three, four and five, he finally was stepping up to the plate. Nuggets won one game, lost two, but very close. And Will Barton was really a non-factor, to be very honest with you. So that's another reason why you trade him. The financial component of this trade can't be ignored mm -hmm. either. I mean, between the Jermichael Green trade and this one, they freed up $15 million in salary. Yep. And then they, ended up, they started to use it already. Too. Yeah, and it's still in the luxury tax as well. So I think they still have the mid-level section or something like that. Uh, so they could still, I think they're done. I don't think they could add anybody. Maybe they can't add one more player or whatnot. But in any case, it's, uh, look, the reality is, is what you trade Will Barton um, to a team in Washington who uh, you know very well. Um, you had a relationship with them before. It's a great spot for both teams. You need that. Uh, you need... Uh, KCP here in a Nuggets uniform to be your starting uh, shooting guard. A guy and, and a swingman. And a swingman as well, right? Uh, you need those different things. If you're going to be competitive and you believe that your scoring is going to come primarily with MPJ, Jokic, and Jamal Murray, with Aaron Gordon being able to get a couple here and there, a couple of dunk backs, a couple of shots from the mid-range ever so often, and KCP hitting some threes, well, that's the right move for this team. KCP, MPJ. Hey, man. Alphabet soup. All day. Jokic, you know, hey, let's well, make it happen. Contavious Caldwell Pope was the key to the deal, obviously. Yeah, he was. I mean, yes, he, he was. Yeah. I had forgotten he was the Pistons' number one draft choice at number eight. I know. Number eight overall in 2013. And I think it's well known, though. His ability as a perimeter defender is what they're really looking at. Too. Three and D. That's the name of the game in the NBA. Unless if you're in the Minnesota Timberwolves and you believe that you could turn the, the clock back, be like the San Antonio Spurs and have the Twin Towers and do what you can there. But, um, you know, what, what Rudy Gobert being traded to in Minnesota now. but uh, Within the division. Within the division. But at the end of the day, there are teams that can shoot you out that tall lineup. There are teams that will be able to spread you out get to the rim, even though you have big guys around, and to be able to shoot you out that lineup, use their speed to get to the cup. You still need those wing defenders in order to shut down those guards because the game has changed so much with, with the three-point shot being used and spacing being used so much now in the NBA. You have to have guys who could be able to move and to stop the ball. And Ish Smith can be a 
can be a helpful little point guard. I mean, he's not going to light any fires and passion of the fans or anything like that. Can you name all those 13 teams? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Uh, Miami? Do you have them? No, I don't. Okay, come on, come on. We'll give you some time. All right, we'll give you some time. See if I could name all of them. Um, I know we're coming up on a break, so I'm going to go and try as hard as I can without looking at my laptop. I do not have them available, but let me know when you are ready. No, let's let's just... You don't want to go? Let's do it during the break. We'll do it during the break? Okay. Yeah. We'll do it during the break. We'll see if I actually have all the names to Ish Smith because... <laughs> It's what we do right before Independence Day. But the other one I want to throw out there, you mentioned Rudy Gobert. Yeah. To the Timberwolves. Tim Conley acquires him next. And uh, he, they traded him for uh, a, a boatload of things, including several first-round draft choices. Four first-round picks. Four first-round picks. Yikes. Plus Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Walker Kessler. Who was their number one this mm-hmm, year? Mm-hmm. Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Bomaro mm-hmm. and several first-round picks. What the heck are they doing? I mean, they have they 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 have kind of a, a miscast lineup there. You can make the argument that Tim Connolly, who just came from the Denver Nuggets, knows one thing: that if you're going to beat the Denver Nuggets consistently, and especially in a playoff series, you have to find somebody who could be able to guard the back-to-back MVP, and that's what he's trying to do right there. But especially, can, can he and Carl Anthony Towns coexist? Well, in the great words of, I don't know who said it, but we're fixing to find out. Gary Kubiak said that. We are fixing to find out. Okay, here's another list. Let's see if you can do this. If you can name all the Rockies all-star all-star voting finalists. Okay. We'll talk about that after the break. That's next on Afternoon Drive. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. Eric Goodman is taking a few days off for his honeymoon, and congratulations again to Mandy and Eric. I'm Terry Fry, and sitting in with me today and Tuesday is Justin Adams of CBS4. He's all primed. I know he's primed for this. <laughs> fireworks at the uh, at Coors Field mm-hmm. tonight and Saturday. Are, which one are you going to? Did you ever go to it as a kid? Here? I did. I did. I went to it as a kid uh, one time with my dad, and we all went as a family, and just boom, boom, you hear all the uh, you know fireworks go off and everything. My dad loved it at first, and then uh, about five minutes in, he was uh, <laughs> he was ready to go home. <laughs> Where were you sitting? We were sitting in the three hundred level. You know, we uh, with all the cool kids, by the way. Yeah. And so uh, you know, we were under shade and we had a good time and we really enjoyed it. Why didn't you go back to 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 that again? Yeah. It's similar to uh, why I didn't go to a championship parade. Uh, it's not that school was in session, to say the least, but it was more so of uh, some we went once. <laughs> We're not going back again <laughs> okay. so, as a kid. But it was fun. It was fun to be able to do it. Well, have a good fourth. Yes, sir. You as well. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Pinnacle Builders, the best in home remodeling. Go to PinnacleDen.com. Justin, all-star starter finalists were released. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise, 
There are no Colorado Rockies on the list. Oh, shocker. Are you shocked? No, not at all. Uh, I, well, you know what? I'll, I'll say this. Actually, I will be shocked at one point. Uh, C.J. Crone is having a tremendous season. And to be honest, if this team was better, you could start talking about him legitimately being in the MVP conversation in the oh, National no. League. MVP? No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, uh, there, yeah. No, they, no, no, no. They'll have to win the division for out, that to be legitimate. Hear me out. If they were better, the Rockies are last place in the division. So it's not even a conversation. So they're going to have to put together a Rocktober-like run for him to get into the conversation. They need that. They need an avalanche of luck in order to have that happen. Okay. But uh, he was a great. He was a great fortunate signing. They signed him to a minor league contract last year, and he has exploded. He leads to. He has what a, a two ninety four batting average. Leads the team in home runs, RBIs, fifty six RBI. Oh. Ridiculous. 56 RBI. I mean, this guy is ridiculous. And so, um, you know, his strikeout numbers are pretty high. You know, he does swing for the fences. So is he the Rockies player who should represent them at the All-Star game since somebody has to be there? Hey, man, when you lead the team with 86 strikeouts, you got to go and be the guy to represent the team in the (laughs) All-Star game, okay? Now, C.J. Crone, he will be the guy to represent them in an All-Star game. Has had a tremendous year so far. I could, with a straight face, uh, nominate and vote for Chad Cool, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 3.49 ERA in that park's pretty good. Not bad, man. It's not bad. But you look at the Rockies' ERA, and look, this happens all the time, right? ERA is a problem with this team, man. I, I do like Daniel Bard, 2.12 ERA. Have you heard about this thing called Coors Field? Yeah, no, right? Altitude? Well, not, not only altitude, how about the outfield? It's always been an issue. Uh, but you know what? I, I will say this. When I look at Daniel Bard, he has uh, 15 saves out of 17 opportunities. Uh you know, 2.12 ERA. I like what he has done so much this season. He would be a great story, too. If there are two Rockies that are, in my opinion, deserving of a, a roster spot in the All-Star game, it would be Daniel Bard, and for sure, it would be C.J. Crone. You, you wouldn't take Chad Cool? I mean, he could be cool sitting on the bench. Uh, he could be cool sitting at the, you know, on the couch watching you wouldn't the game. Take him, you wouldn't take him. I mean, I as a no, name to advance I, as a possibility to represent. I mean, he's five and five. Rocky. He's five and five. I get that he has a three point four nine ERA, but when when fans or when coaches when they look, no matter that he plays at Coors Field, when they see that five and five record, they're not going to say, "Oh, that's a guy who needs to be here. That's a guy who we need on our roster." They'll look at that and say, "Nah, okay, good well, for him." Well, going into this fireworks series against the Diamondbacks, the Rockies are 33 and 43. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. According to my CU math, you know how great ah, yeah. math is. 10 That's games. 10 games under 500. Yeah, buddy. They're nine games out of the wild card. So the Broncos training camp starts in uh, 26 days. Will the Rockies be closer or farther away from the wild card on that? Day? Oh, it's going to hurt me so much to say this, but they'll be farther away. And the reason why has to go back to their starting pitching. Herman Marquez has been, you can make it, you could say arguably the biggest disappointment yeah. on this roster, man. He almost has a six ERA. And we're talking about a guy who has dominant stuff, man, but he has really been struggling. When you look amongst the starting pitchers, get this with Herman Marquez. Amongst the starting pitchers, he has the most walks on the team. That's unbelievable to me. 32 walks. And, and it doesn't seem like much, doesn't sound like much, but it hurts you. And that's the reason why he has such a high ERA. And that's not his game. I mean, he's given up 15 home runs this year. That's not his game. And so it's a struggle bus a little bit for the for the Rockies with their with their rotation. You would hope that it would get better to give them an opportunity to at least be in the wild card chase. Unfortunately, I don't think it'll be so. Do you know why I was nervous about this segment? Why? 
because Eric has basically said we can't ever talk about the Rockies. Well, it's too bad. Hey, he's on his honeymoon. He's not worried about us talking about the Rockies. Danny, if he calls in, you're not going to tell him, are you? No, but if he calls in, he's probably listening, so he would know. Right. (laughs) But I can't imagine he's tuned in. He's probably got other things on his mind, and he's uh, hopefully just listening to some good tunes while he enjoys those pina coladas. So in these four weeks, can the Rockies at least be worth jumping into the spotlight and being worth the attention, or are they just going to continue to stumble along? Uh, I think they'll be worth, individually, worth the attention, right? There'll be certain moments where you, you know, you look in and see this team and want to see how they look, but the reality is when you talk about a playoff team, a team that should be in the postseason with an extra playoff spot, by the way, in both leagues, American and National League, unfortunately, there won't be that team that gets there. Okay. It's just a reality. They're, 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 look, the Rockies are a placeholder. So you're telling me that we're instead of the, talking about some about the Rockies, we're going to be, oh, I don't know, breaking down the upcoming battle at right tackle and <laughs> strong side linebacker <laughs> going for an hour. Oh, man, you know what? It, it won't be at right tackle. It'd be at right guard. That's what we try to break down, okay? Okay. Uh, so it, what's, what's the situation at right guard look like, Justin? Well, it looks pretty good, uh, but we'll see what happens this year for the Broncos. Uh Look, here, here quickly. Uh, how know, about be, where does their dime package rate in the NFL? <laughs> Might be one of the best. Come on, baby. Football season's oh, almost geez. here, man. We come off the heels of the of the avalanche winning the cup. Now we get a three-week break where we talk about the Rockies and what we call the dead period in sports. And then here comes the Denver Broncos, baby. Russ with, C- with Sierra up at Wimbledon right now. By the way, Sierra looking good, as always. I mean, it's going to be so much fun to be able to see this team. And the Broncos won't suck this year. That's all that matters. They won't suck this year. Broncos That's what I'm excited country. about. Let's ride. Let's ride, baby. Let's do it. So, Danny, what do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquors, just in case you miss it? Well, you guys mentioned that blockbuster trade that makes a uh, Twin Towers set up out there in Minnesota in the Twin Cities. We'll talk about that. We will also talk about uh, the USFL. Believe it or not, their championship is on July 3rd. So we'll talk about that next as well right here on Afternoon Drive with Adams and Fry on Mile High Sports. My bag's going where I know I should. It's only right for Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back to Afternoon Drive for the last segment with Goodman and Fry. Uh, Eric Goodman is off on his honeymoon, and we're looking forward to our different kind of weekend than that. I know you are, and I am. Yeah, I mean... With family. Uh, but family and friends and being able to just relax. I need it, man, in the worst way. That's Justin Adams. I'm Terry Fry. You can watch us on milehighsports.com or reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry and at justinadams.com. And we're going to be off the air in a few minutes, but you can always communicate with us that way or or find us on uh, on my website is terryfry.com and Justin is on Channel 4's 
website? CBS Colorado. CBS News Colorado. There we go. That's what we have. Prized Montbello High grad. Prized CU grad. And we are... Maybe Tuesday we'll have you sing the CU fight song. Again. Let's do it again, baby. Up hey, that. hey, look, if we're in, if we're in the Big Ten, baby, I just won't sing it now. <laughs> All right, I'll be the happiest guy out here. Where would where would CU's fight song rank when in a league with Oahu, Wisconsin? Uh, number one. There is a place called Nebraska. Uh, way number one, Nebraska. Nebraska's not even the same zip code. Get out of here with Nebraska. <laughs> Terrible fight song. Have you ever been to the uh, Sidetrack Lounge? Sidetrack? No, no, never. Oh, never okay. been there. Uh. Yeah, I can just tell you from having done a story in Nebraska uh, for when I was at the Sporting News on a football weekend in Lincoln. Yeah. The uh, Sidetrack Lounge is pretty, is kind of the place to go. Pretty cool? Yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun. Okay. One place that actually looks good without with all that corn being stuck in uh, Nebraska. Time now for the final word. That wasn't it, by the way. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, Coors Light released a limited edition Champions Ice beer to be served at bars around Denver that started yesterday right after the parade. Uh, The beer is made with shavings of the ice the Avalanche skated on when they were winning the Stanley Cup. Any interest in trying that beer or uh, general thoughts on the product? I have no interest in trying that beer. I'm not going to be an old fuddy-duddy over here, okay? Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, look, I, I would love to. I think it'd be fun, right? One beer, whatever. Av skated on it. It's ice, for goodness sakes, okay? It will be okay. Just in case you missed it, a lot of big deals going down across the NBA in free agency and the trade market. Uh, you guys mentioned the Rudy Gobert trade. He was traded to the Timberwolves for Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Balmaro. Uh, 22nd pick this year, Walker Kessler, and four first-round picks in 2023, 25, 27, and 29. Uh, so Utah getting a haul for the three-time Defensive Player of the Year. The Boston Celtics traded for Malcolm Brogdon. They uh, unloaded Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, Jawan Morgan, Daniel Tice, Aaron Nesmith, and a pick for that one. The Atlanta Hawks getting DeJounte Murray for Danilo Gallinari. And then as far as free agency goes, Nikola Jokic obviously signed here with the Nuggets to stay. John Morant staying in Memphis. Devin Booker staying in Phoenix. Gary Payton II headed to Portland. Bruce Brown coming here to Denver. You guys mentioned that one as well. Zach Levine staying in Chicago. John Wall headed to the Clippers. Any moves from the NBA so far that were big shockers to you or anything you thought was particularly interesting in the first couple days of free agency here? Well, I think the John Wall move strengthens the Clippers and and makes it even tougher for the the Nuggets to advance in the conference. I was just going to say yes to all that. No, I, no, you. But Danny Ainge fleeced Tim Conley. I yes, believe. he did. Yes, he did. Go ahead. Go ahead. Gobert is a terrific player. A terrific player. A great defender. Uh-huh. But 
him and Carl Anthony Towns on the same team on the floor at the same time. I don't know how that's going to work. They're they're going to have Carl Anthony Towns be the four. Uh, he's not the best defender. <laughs> Look, he couldn't defend you right now or me. Uh, but the reality is, is that to have that twin tower type of deal, right, where you get past Carl Anthony Towns, you try to get that matchup advantage. Um, with your size and look, Cat wants to go and shoot the three ball anyway. So that's the spacing that you have. Here's the issue though. How do you guard against faster guards and faster wing players? That's what the NBA is all about. It's about spacing. How do you do it? I don't know how you do it with Twin Towers. Not in today's NBA. It's not just not your daddy's NBA. Well, I would have liked to have, to have seen Jokic play, play with uh, Boogie Cousins. I would have too. To, I did. Just to I see how that worked out. Yeah, but I'm, not, I'm yeah. not completely opposed to the Twin Towers concept, at least in the experimental stages, to see how it looks. I was a little bit intrigued by Gary Payton in second. Yeah, I was go, too. Going to Portland because yeah. that's where his dad played at Oregon State. Yeah, and he's yeah. very well known in the state. And now the rest of the NBA just waiting for something to happen with Kevin Durant. So it's that'll crazy. be Kevin Durant. That'll man. be exciting news yeah, that I would imagine well, we're going to get over the weekend. And don't forget Donovan Mitchell too. Donovan Mitchell, he'll be, yeah, he'll be, he'll dominoes be continue to yeah, fall he'll be moving somewhere. So you're so, telling us that we're going to have we're going to have some things to talk about on Tuesday in the NBA. Thank God because we'll have to talk about the Rockies and that right tackle for the Broncos. Yeah, it'll be worth talking about NBA. There'll be something something else that happens, yeah. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Uh, just in case you missed it, something maybe we could talk about, but we'll talk about it now. USFL Championship set for Sunday, July 3rd, when the 9-1 Birmingham Stallions will face the 6-4 Philadelphia Stars. Uh, a couple names from each of these teams that I recognized, because there weren't many, uh, on the Stallions, Bo Scarborough, Alabama running back, Scooby Wright the third, Arizona linebacker, and the Broncos' uh, former punter, Colby Wadman, Oh, I'll tune in for that. On the stars, K.J. Costello, Mississippi State quarterback, uh, Channing Stribling, Michigan cornerback. Uh, did you watch any any USFL this season? I watched zero plays. All right, I'll be honest with you. I'm a football junkie. You I did. watched both games last week, man. And they were Love awesome. It. Oh, they were awesome. Uh, with this being said, I like Jamar Smith, quarterback for, uh, what is it? Birmingham. Is it Stallions? Is it Stallions? Did I get the name right? The Birmingham Stallions? I did. Well done. I did. Thank you. They're basically the home team in every game there. I don't need my laptop anymore. Birmingham Stallions getting the W in the championship game. I'm going to tell you young whippersnappers a thing or two about the historical context here. Do you know in 1983, do you know where the very first original USFL championship game was? No. Here. Mile High Stadium. Get out of here. I covered it. It was the uh, Michigan Michigan Panthers with Bobby A. Barrett, quarterback beating the Philadelphia Stars with Chuck Fusina at quarterback. It was 24-22. to 22. Uh, The Denver Gold had been a success at the gate, relatively speaking, in that league. That was the first season. Red Miller coached them. Uh, so the game was here, neutral site. They drew about 45,000 and 76,000 seat Mile High Stadium. And you aren't going to believe this. At the end of the game, the in order to protect the goalposts from being torn down by the rampaging fans of the Michigan Panthers, the Denver police sprayed tear gas in the end zone, and many members of the media, including me, were actually caught up in the tear gas. So I not only covered the first USFL championship game, I was tear gassed over it. Dude, you are a warrior. I love it. I came to play. I came to play. (laughs) No, no, no. You came with your windbreaker. That's what you came with. Yes, Yes, I did. 
Well, that's going to do it for us today. Everybody have a great July 4th weekend. Danny, what are you going to do? What are you and Nigel? Nigel, what are you and Nigel going to do? I got no big plans. I've got a uh, cookout with some friends tomorrow. That'll be a lot of fun. And then we'll see what happens on uh, Sunday and Monday. But maybe hopefully play some golf as well. Well, Nigel, thanks to you too today. And we hope you have a good weekend. And have a good weekend, Justin. Everybody have a good weekend. And we'll talk to you on Tuesday. For the, uh, we'll be again filling in for the honeymooning Eric Goodman. Go Stallions!